Great news, everyone. Jesus is alive and well. This is Glenn Raglan Educational and Transformational Ministries. Great ministries. Welcome to this week's podcast. Let's pray. Father, we praise your great name, for you are worthy of all praise. We love you because you first loved us. We bless the listeners of this podcast. We pray for my sister-in-law who's hospitalized. We lift up Pastor Joshua and his congregation in Africa. We pray for peace in Israel. We pray that your word will go forth. It will not return to you empty. It will accomplish what you sent it to do in the name of the bright and morning star, Jesus Christ, amen. The Bible contains many examples of supernatural events. Sometimes God just acts supernaturally because, well, he is God. Other times he acts when a natural event occurs. In other words, before God moves, someone else moved first. Sometimes it was a forced move, a move that wasn't commanded by God, but God stepped in supernaturally. Sometimes God gave instructions, and the instructions were obeyed, then God stepped in. But sometimes we act in disobedience and expect God to do the supernatural. And oftentimes, through no fault of our own, calamity strikes. But God works it out on our behalf. So my friends, I've discussed the miracles of Jesus in previous podcasts, so they won't be included in this series. The number one supernatural event of all time is, drumroll please, the creation. God in Genesis chapter 1 verses 1 through 27 takes darkness, nothingness, emptiness, and speaks everything into existence. Everything God does in creation was done for his crowning achievement, mankind. We are his image bearers, placed here on planet Earth to take care of his creation, to rule it, and to subdue it. The flood is also a supernatural event because up to this point, it had never rained. God's total destruction of his creation was because mankind did not fulfill his mission to be image bearers of God. Because of sin, we became tainted images, blurred images, faulty images. Some believe that the evil event surprised God, but look at how he handles his crowning achievement. Like a good parent, he punishes evil, then restores mankind back to him. The flood was the first worldwide punishment for sin, and out of all the population of the earth, only eight people survived. The whole earth had become violent and corrupt, except Noah. Genesis chapter 6 verse 9 says that Noah was a just man and that he walked with God. Folks, while the rest of the world committed violent acts, Noah remained an image bearer and had a relationship with God. My friends, that is all God requires, to be a reflection of him and to have a personal relationship with him. The flood was to wipe the slate clean and start over for mankind to be fruitful, multiply, 
and subdue the earth. Now, let's look at what happens when God gives instructions and people disobey. God sent Moses and Aaron to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, telling him to let the Hebrew slaves go free so that they could worship God. Pharaoh refused and suffered the consequences of his disobedience. God sent ten plagues upon Egypt to show that he has all power. The tenth plague was the death of all the firstborn in Egypt. And Exodus chapter 12 verse 30 says, So Pharaoh rose in the night, he, all his servants, and all the Egyptians. For there was a great cry in Egypt, for there was not a house with not one dead. Folks, while the supernatural deaths of only the firstborn of Egypt was incredible, the continued trust and obedience of Moses to God provide the young Hebrew nation with hope. They would need hope when they made camp with their backs against the Red Sea to the east, desert to the north and south, and the army of Pharaoh in pursuit from the west. God had hardened the heart of Pharaoh one last time and trapped Moses, or so they thought. Obviously, the people were frightened. But listen to the words of Moses in Exodus chapter 14, verse 13. Do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians, whom you see today, you shall see again, no more forever. My brothers and sisters, sometimes God tells you to move, and sometimes God tells you to stand and watch him go to work. God instructed Moses to stretch out the rod in his hand, and the Red Sea parted, and the children of Israel walked to the other side on dry land. My comrades for Christ, Egypt represents evil, and evil believed that they had God's people trapped. But God, as he so often does, makes a way for his people to escape the clutches of evil. As Pharaoh's army crossed the Red Sea in pursuit, Moses stretched out his hand again, and the water covered the chariots, the horsemen, and the army. Read all about that in Exodus chapter 14. After the Israelites left Egypt, they complained about the bitter water that they could not drink in Exodus chapter 15, verses 22 through 27. The Lord instructed Moses to cast a tree into the waters, and the waters were made sweet. When they complained that they had no bread, the Lord rained down bread from heaven called manna in Exodus chapter 16, verse 4, and he sent quail for meat. Exodus chapter 16, verse 35 says, And the children of Israel ate manna forty years, until they came to the border of the land of Canaan. Folks, while some grumbled about eating manna, God showed his consistency by giving the Israelites their daily bread. The children of Israel challenged the authority of Moses on multiple occasions. Each time it occurred, God defended his servant with harsh supernatural consequences for the rebels. When a large group complained in Numbers chapter 11 verses 1 through 3, God sent down fire that consumed all the insurgents. When Miriam, the sister of Moses, complained because Moses had married an Ethiopian woman, 
God struck Miriam with leprosy in Numbers chapter 12. When Kova and his gang of over 250 Israelites challenged the authority of Moses in Numbers chapter 16, they obviously had short memories of the consequences of challenging God's anointed one. God caused the ground to open up and swallow the leaders of the revolt in Numbers chapter 16, verses 31 through 33, also taking their wives, children, and entire household. Friends, it is not wise to challenge the man of God that has been placed in authority, for he has not given you the authority to challenge. In verse 35, fire came out from the Lord and consumed the 250 co-conspirators. The next day, the whole congregation complained against Moses and Aaron because the radicals were killed. My friends, you would think that after all the examples of punishment, the Hebrew nation would learn to keep their mouths shut. But they, like many of us, are stiff-necked people. God sent a plague among the people that killed 14,700 Israelites. Read about that in verse 49. So, my friends, do you think they finally learned their lesson? Of course not. The people murmured again about leaving Egypt with no food or water and complained about eating manna in Numbers chapter 21, verses 4 through 9. God sent fiery serpents to bite the people, and many died. God had Moses make a bronze serpent, sit it on a pole, and anyone who looked at the bronze serpent lived. Folks, I often tell my friends jokingly that growing up, I was forced to eat beets, which I hated then and I hate now. And if I was stranded on Beet Island with nothing to eat but beets, I would certainly die. The reality is, I would eat the beets and live just like the Israelites ate the manna and lived. My comrades, God is faithful in that he will provide for all your needs. The children of Israel were enslaved, yet they preferred slavery in Egypt over freedom. They had gotten comfortable with it, just like when prolonged sin gets comfortable and it becomes part of our daily lives. We cannot set ourselves free, so Jesus had to come and free us and restore our tainted image. Now, when God looks at the saved sinner, he does not see a saved sinner. He sees the image of his son who traded his image, his glory, and his righteousness for our sins. This trade is not automatic. It is the result of you choosing to trade with Jesus. He is waiting for you. Will you accept? Let's pray. Father, thank you for sending Jesus to restore us back to you. We praise you for your gift and bless the name of Jesus Christ. We lift up those who will accept the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior. In the name of the rising Son, Jesus Christ, amen. If you gave your life to Christ, email me at hello at greatministries.org and I will give you next steps. I continue to encourage you to find a good Bible teaching church. Send your prayer request, your praise reports, and your comments to our email address, which is hello at greatministries.org. Please continue.
continue to pray for great ministries and share us with your friends, your family, your loved ones, and the unsaved. Stay safe, be blessed, and have a great week.